that's what makes us tough. We keep a coming. We're the people that live. They can't wipe us out. They can't lick us. The change has started, and the change in Detroit is real. We're back! Yeah, yeah, yeah! yeah. Detroit, Michigan! Here, you can actually see what you do affect a great American city, and it's, it's hopefully historical comeback. Welcome in to Opportunity Detroit. Hi, I'm Paul W. Smith. Today we'll say hi to Peter Forehand, Director and Chief Technology Officer of Just Light. Camille Walker-Banks, Executive Director of NPower. Finally, Adrian Tanone, Director of Customer Service, City of Detroit, and much more. It's all about Opportunity Detroit, and it's all right now. Detroit, Michigan. First up on Opportunity Detroit, I can safely say, I though this may have been the case, I've never made such an announcement as the one I'm about to. Our first guest on Opportunity Detroit has not used body soap, face wash, or deodorant in over 600 days. I'm kind of glad we're doing this so. as a remote broadcast, Peter. Peter Forehand <laughs> is the founder and chief technology officer of Just Light. Tell me uh, the rest of the story, Peter. Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you for having me on today. I'm a big fan of the show. Um, my parents are huge fans, so when I brought up God your bless name, you. they said, wow. God bless them. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, so my name is Peter Forehand. I'm the founder of Just Light. And as you said, I have not used body soap, face wash, or deodorant in over 600 days. Um, I instead have used Just Light on my body, sanitizing my whole body with UVC germicidal light um, in the morning and at night. Wow. Uh, that so, I, that I didn't expect at all. Yeah, I, I often uh, turn some heads when I'm talking about uh, my, my hygiene routine. That's, of course, very different than what we are, um, what we typically do uh, with soap and water. Um, but it really emerged out of a place uh, of curiosity um, and, and of experimentation. Um, and the whole company evolved out of, uh, you know, investigating the uh, physics behind light and investigating how we can use light in new applications, like cleaning laundry, cleaning hands, cleaning bodies, and, and healing skin. So this is astonishing to me. I expected this, uh, this, this product... Uh, just light to be just a fancy name for another cleaning product, but this is in <laughs> fact, uh, it's you've just been using light, uh, and and my note here says you are an avid inventor. You invented Halo, the world's first light-based hand cleaner. Uh, a fine fellow graduate from the University of Michigan, you had a degree in materials engineering. And how did, I, I can't help but use the pun, how did all of this light usage come to light for you? <laughs> Wonderful question. Um, so it was, it was very organic process of starting this company. Um, as you said, I'm a materials engineer from the University of Michigan. So I've got a pretty deep um, foundational background in sort of quantum mechanics um, and how materials interact with light. Uh, the, the company began, uh, as they all kind of do, with a, with a frustration. Um, I was fed up with using a washer and dryer to clean my clothing um, back, in, back in 2019, 
And I figured that, hey, if I blast my clothing with very high-powered ultraviolet light to kill all the germs, um, I could deodorize the clothing and clean it without water um, and or chemicals. So over the course of that summer, uh, I, I started building a product with a five-gallon bucket. Uh, and over the course of about five months, I had built a fully functional UV light-based laundry machine. Um, armed with this laundry machine and, and this idea uh, to clean clothing with, clothing with light, I then was able to secure a grant from the state of Michigan um, to continue to pursue the idea. And after getting that grant, uh, I learned more about light, learned more about the safety of ultraviolet, and uh, learned more about the physics behind it. And I pivoted my idea uh, into skin cleaning and specifically hand cleaning. Uh, I had seen that hand washing with soap and water was wildly ineffective at germ removal um, compared to what you know the public tends to think. And so I began building this UV light hand cleaner halo. And this was still in 2019, so no one I spoke with really was too excited about hand cleaning. Um, but, 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 I, but I stayed the course. And uh, about five months later, uh, you know, the whole world went into lockdown surrounding COVID. And suddenly everyone that I'd spoken with about ways to rapidly sanitize germs on hands and on skin and on clothing, uh, all that interest sort of came back. And so very quickly, I was able to onboard a team, uh, raise an investment, and start pursuing uh, actually making these products mass manufacturable, getting all the regulatory uh, hurdles crossed. And that's kind of, that's where the company sort of emerged from and born from. And so that same day that I, uh, in 2019, uh, is when I began starting the process of using all of it on myself um, only. as kind of a first long-term human experimentation, um, using my body as a means to show that light is a safe and effective way to deodorizing to kill germs. You know, it's fascinating because, uh, first of all, one concern that comes up, and you've obviously dealt with this, we're speaking with uh, Peter Forehand, founder and chief technology officer of Just Light. It is what it sounds like, Just Light being mm -hmm. used to, uh, to disinfect, to clean. He hasn't used deodorant or soap or face wash or any of that stuff in over 600 days. Uh, one of the concerns with light, like that is the concern of it could it could it hurt your eyes for example wonderful question so uh ultraviolet light uh can definitely um, hurt your eyes if you've ever looked at the sun um and had to look away quickly uh it's a, it's a similar uh phenomenon with with germicidal light well when i'm sanitizing my body my eyes are closed during that whole process um but importantly that the light that we now have access to um as a public uh far ultraviolet light uh, actually doesn't penetrate beyond the tear duct layer of the eye or the dead skin cell layer of the skin. So I'm able to sanitize my body without fear of impacting my living cells because the light doesn't penetrate to the living portion of our body and is fully absorbed uh, in the dead skin that surrounds our body. Uh, a touchy question. You know, when we use deodorant, which you have not used, you've used light, mm -hmm. uh, and I can understand the light uh, having a, a good effect on uh, on your your cleanliness um is it also i presume that means if it's clean you're not going to have the odor that can emanate from under your arms for example <laughs> but what about the antiperspirant effect of deodorant that that keeps you from perspiring wonderful question um so so sort of two answers uh, like you said light is only effective at breaking up the uh, microorganisms um, disrupting that DNA and so, uh, you know, killing those microbes. Uh, it doesn't affect 
a lot of the acids that cause odor. Um, but but I but I don't have body odor for for the same for this for this reason. When we sweat from our body, that sweat's actually odor uh, odorless. There's no odor in the sweat that we produce under our armpits. What causes our body odor is the bacteria film that live within our armpits and across our body. They eat that sweat that we emit, and they secrete an acid as waste. And that acid that the bacteria uh, secrete is what gives us our unique body odor. So because my armpits and my uh, my body uh, have an incredibly low amount of microbes living on them, when I sweat, my sweat is just odorless. And the conversion from that odorless sweat to uh, a body odor, that step doesn't happen. Uh, and the sweat just is, you know, absorbed and, and uh, evaporated like, uh, like any, any other water would be. Listen, I'm a, I'm a believer in this technology in that I bought uh, my executive producer, our assistant program director, Ann Thomas, and one for my wife, Kim, and I, of these phone cleaners to disinfect our phones. You put them in a little uh, container, you close it, yeah, and an yeah. ultraviolet light comes on and disinfects our phones. So I'm a believer. And most recently, I had my friend Gary Papilla from Oak Electric put these blue lights, I, uh, blue ultraviolet lights, in my furnaces so that it yeah. disinfects, cleans the air that comes into the house. I'm, I'm a big proponent on making sure that the air you breathe that you can control is, in fact, the cleanest disinfected air you can breathe. Am I on the right tr- path or the wrong track? Love it. Yeah, you're on, you're on absolutely the right path. Um, I think what we're seeing now is that there's so many applications of using germicidal light in our daily lives that, in hindsight, sort of seem obvious. Um, so, you know, cleaning a phone with light is wonderful. I call our phone our third hand, and it's a thing that we rarely clean. So Halo, um, our hand-cleaning product, can clean your hands all three of your hands at once, but typical <laughs> hand washing would only clean, you know, your two biological hands. Uh, using UV light for um, uh, air sterilization is a wonderful application. Um, it's incredibly scalable, incredibly um, inexpensive, and it is just so effective when compared to um, harsh chemicals or other cleaning agents. You know, uh, and I don't... the great, you know, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, you know, the sun. Uh, Sunny Day is a great example of using UV light to clean the air. Um, we, we've all been made aware now that COVID and other respiratory diseases have a lower transmission outside. Uh, a big part of that is that the amount of uh, intense sunlight that is uh, impacting the air that you breathe when you're sitting outside can actually deactivate organisms floating through the air in a matter of seconds. And that technology is kind of what Halo harnesses and, and provides to the user um, in a consistent and a safe way. You know, as we talk, uh, Peter Forehand, founder and chief technology officer of Just Light, I, I don't know how old you are, but going way back to when we used to call hairstylists barbers, I remember the mm-hmm. first time I saw a barber had a little, it almost looked like a toaster oven, and they would put their their combs and their brushes in that thing and close it, and then the the ultraviolet light would come on to disinfect the brushes and combs. That was years ago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think what, what we see is um, we've been using ultraviolet light in a lot of small ways all over the world um, and, and, and in things that seem sort of disconnected. And, and now what we're doing with, with modern technology, especially modern LED technology, is we're able to take those same concepts and scale them up to uh, in, in so many more aspects of our lives. Because 
uh, barbers and hospitals um, have been using this technology for over 100 years. Uh, in fact, the Nobel Prize in 1903 was awarded to a man named Neil Finson, who used UVC light on skin to, to cure diseases. Um, and so we've been seeing this all throughout human history. Um, and now we're finally at a point in our technology where we can make this cost accessible to every individual um, for use in their own home and their own business. Uh, quick question, because uh, I have a, a, a more important question, but quick question. So you haven't used body soap, face wash, or deodorant in over 600 days. Do you still get in the shower? Absolutely. So an important part of my um, hygiene routine is I use a washcloth and water to scrub my whole body down. Um, and there's a lot of things in our bodies like dirts and grimes and oils that can be removed with a washcloth and water uh, that don't require soap uh, and face wash to do. Uh, and then after my shower, I take my light bath, in which does all the microbial killing. And how do people find out more about Just Light, your products, and, and how do they buy them? Yeah, so justlight.com. Uh, on, on that website, you can find uh, both Halo and Sunflower, which is our light product for health as well. Um, both of our products are um, pre-production right now, uh, but they launched this fall. Um, so I'm happy to, there, there's a wait list and there's a sign up um, on the website, justlight.com, uh, where you can learn more. Excellent. More and more information coming to light regarding that okay. light uh, technology. We, we have laser pain relief people, good people advertising on our radio station to talk about that light, that intense light. But go to justlight.com for more information on how this may help you in a very, very big way. Peter invented Halo, the world's first light-based hand cleaner. He uses it over his whole body with some of his other technology. Peter, thanks for coming on board. We appreciate it. Thank you for the time. This was a pleasure. Uh, it's always wonderful to talk. And thank you for having such a great show um, for Michigan. It's a pleasure. Well, thank your family for being such good listeners. I appreciate it. I'll let them know about the shout-out. Thank you. Peter Forehand, founder and chief technology officer of Just Light. We wanted to, yeah, shed a little light on the topic here on Opportunity Detroit. Our next guest on Opportunity Detroit is a Detroit native with deep roots in business, nonprofit, and philanthropic communities. She's a seasoned, growth-minded leader who has built a successful career across corporate and government sectors. She recently led the highest performing site in the United States for the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Initiative at Wayne State University, now leading NPower, Michigan, at an ideal time as the demand for tech talent and a lack of supply creates a real opportunity for the Detroit region's young adults. She is Camille Walker-Banks, Executive Director of NPower, Camille, welcome to Opportunity Detroit. Thank you for having me. Tell us about yourself. Oh, well, my um, as you mentioned, I'm a Detroit native, and I've, my career has followed the needs of the Detroit community. So that's basically fueled the, the progress or the, uh, my ambitions, if you will, just seeing a need in our community and being the one to say, okay, instead of complaining about it, I'm going to do something about it. So that's, that's how I operate. And so now I'm running a tech training program for 
18 to 24-year-olds in Detroit um, and actually getting young people from across the state of Michigan, and it's because we're getting them into tech jobs, entry-level tech jobs. It's working. Well, that sounds like uh, it's excellent and working at just the right time. And I'm told, Camille, that your Michigan program provides tuition-free technology training and certifications to young adult job seekers. How do you do that? Well, we rely on the community. We rely on funders. So I'm also, um, in addition to looking or looking for um, ways in which high-wealth donors can support this work, I'm also pursuing funding from a number of other national nonprofits and other ways, just looking for earned revenue. We're getting ready to embark on a, a community IT help desk to support Detroiters who need um, who don't necessarily have the what what is the geek squad because we're creating our own geek squad so we're going to be deploying young adults um, to support those who are in need of digital support so again following the needs of the community and um, in tech with with uh, I've heard about seventy percent of Detroiters don't have Wi-Fi. Um, access in their homes, and no, people can't compete and can't participate in school using their telephones. So if we're deploying devices, um, we need to service those devices. And so that's a need that I found in this community, and we have young adult talent who are being prepared and ready to work in their community and make some money. That's how we're (laughs) going to build wealth. (laughs) All All very important. We may love doing what we do, but we do need to make some money to pay the bills. Why not? Why not? Uh, Why not is right. (laughs) Now, you've done very well right off the bat here. Some of your hiring partners, though, so far include Google, Microsoft. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're looking at uh, Dura Automotive, Blue Cross Mm -hmm. Blue Shield of Michigan, TCF Bank, Rock Ventures, Little Caesars Enterprises. My goodness, you've got... You've got a a who's who of companies that are very interested in your graduates. Well, at the end of the day, these companies need to expand their capacity. They want to grow. And if everyone has said, because I've heard this from many, many leaders, that they're having a hard time finding talent. And so what Empower is doing is finding opportunity youth, young adults who aren't in college, um, and, and building their skills, some of which were in hospitality and jobs that won't be coming back. Mm. So we're building their skills, and, and some of them have bachelor's degrees and associate's degrees. Our minimum is a, a GED, but at the end of the day, they are certified to work by CompTIA, nationally recognized certification. And so they're ready, and they're prepared. They're, they're career ready, and we have workshops. We continue to support our young adults, but at the end of the day, we want to be that talent pipeline of hidden talent that is here, and they're certified and they're ready, but at the end of the day, the goal is to help a Little Caesars or a Google or a Microsoft or a Rock Ventures, a TCF Bank, to help them grow in our community. Camille Walker-Banks, Executive Director of NPower. What are some examples of positions your trainees are indeed prepared for? So our trainees are prepared for entry-level, let me say that again, entry-level IT, IT uh, positions. So, for example, desktop analyst, a help desk level one 
individual business analysts, field techs, uh, QA analysts, junior project managers, audio video support um, staff, data center, technici- uh, data center technicians. So entry level, but again, you bring these individuals in on an entry level with an entry level position, and then now you're able to mold and shape them to be the leaders that you need in order to take your organizations to the next level. So that's what I'm looking for. I also meant to uh, mention that we have 10 students deployed right now with the state of Michigan. So others are starting to take heed knowing that they need talent and taking a chance on our young adults and getting them ready and groomed, bringing them into their organizations with, the, again, the goal is to expand their capacity the, the company's capacity. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for um, additional employers. We just kicked off a pro, um, our new class this morning. So they're 30 minutes into the first day of class, <laughs> and um, there's 50 of them, young adults from all over the region, and they are going to go through this process. And so what I'm looking for are volunteers who um, are willing to come in and inspire or teach workshops to our young adults, mentor our young adults, as well as looking for employers who may be looking for, again, that hidden talent. As everyone, I hear that everyone is looking for talent, and I have it, and they're ready to go, and they will be supported and well-trained and credentialed. And, and a reminder, uh, again, <laughs> it's worth reiterating, the program is free to the participants, thanks to yeah. uh, people like our listeners, uh, people like the businesses you've mentioned, and many others who participate and make that uh, very possible. What's next for Empower Michigan? Ooh, that's a great question. So we're, we're teaching our fourth class, and, you know, I initially had... Um, Um, intentions on training 100 young adults per year, but the demand is much greater from both the community of employers as well as the young adult population where we have wait lists for the next class. And so we're going to expand our capacity. We're going to add a few more um, um, to the team so that we're able to help a wider range of young adults and um, companies who are looking for talent because we're not training enough, apparently. The demand is, is, is great. And so now that we're virtual and we may be doing a little bit of in-person soon, but for now, while we're 100% virtual, um, we're able to really touch other parts of the state. I also am looking to expand to include veterans um, in 2022. I love seeing that, to expand, actually to serve veterans and veteran spouses. Absolutely. Veteran and, veterans and spouses, yes. That's excellent. So then that's an entire family and other markets. Um, and I believe it's New York. There was a, a family, a veteran, his spouse, and then his son was a young adult, and all three were taking the program at the same time, and, and, and all three of them are now in great positions. So that's, that's excellent. Yes. So, uh, Camille, what are, what are your needs? What, what, what can we maybe help you with? 
So I'm in need of volunteers. I need individuals who would be willing to come in to our virtual classroom and inspire our students. Talk about your career journey. What was it like, especially those who are in the IT uh, profession, what was it like in the beginning? Um, were, you, were you the only woman in your department, and how did you cope with that? So just allow our students to really pick their brains. Um, I'm looking for professionals who are willing to come in and give us an hour of their time. I'm looking for um, employers, again, who are looking for good talent, just a solid pipeline of talent in which they can select. They can decide if and who they looking, they're looking for. I have a staff member who will make the match. They can interview them, take our students through the entire process, and see how they, they um, float to the top of it. Um, so I'm looking for employers who are looking for uh, staff, and I'm looking for volunteers to come in and inspire our young adults. And, and of course, I'm looking for funding. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I was going to say, though, it's not always easy to do the uh, asking. You just did. But I'll reiterate that funding so that you can stay free to yes. these young adults and veterans and veteran spouses. Uh, so you're looking for that as well. So that's, that's all good. That's all important. Thank you. And, um, and we're available, www.npower. That's the letter N, power.org. Um, and I can be reached at camille.walkerbanks at npower.org. Again, I'm looking for the community to come in and really support and lift up these young adults. Give me, I, 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 got, I was able to write down quickly the www.n, as in the letter N, power.org. Mm -hmm. And then give me the, uh, Camille, give me that whole thing again. C-A-M-I-L-L-E dot Walker Banks at npower.org is how I can be reached. At mpower.org. And I strongly sounds... encourage the community to reach out and support our young adults and support this work. I mean, going into this new normal, we now know how, in, how important tech is. I mean, the IT occupations grew 12% prior to um, the pandemic, so we know that the growth is going to be even more. And so now we have this captive audience of young adults who are hungry for an opportunity. So please, community, come on in to our virtual classroom, inspire and support and hire this talent pipeline. Camille Walker-Banks, Executive Director of NPower, you've come to the right place if you're looking for opportunity because this is Opportunity Detroit. And thank you so much, Camille. Always my pleasure. Thank you, Paul W. Finally, on Opportunity Detroit, another opportunity, as we made uh, Adrian Tanone, uh, currently serving as Detroit's first 24-hour economy ambassador. And as a member of Detroit's creative community, he was appointed by Mayor Duggan to lead the city of Detroit's film, music, and nighttime initiatives. Adrian has bridged government and the arts to advocate for a thriving and sustainable creative culture through his role. Uh, he's also a co-founder of the Detroit Music Foundation and Sikkim Records. 
and also Director of Customer Service for the City of Detroit. Adrian, I didn't know any of these jobs existed. Welcome to Opportunity Detroit. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Absolutely. I honestly didn't know we had a Director of Customer Service. I I never have heard of a 24-hour economy ambassador, so... Uh, you start where you want to and explain to me what this is all about. Sure, sure. I'll, 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 uh, I'll start from the beginning. You know, I was uh, three years old on a milk crate on Schaefer and Finkel growing up in the restaurant <laughs> business. I always say if child labor laws were practiced, my family would be in jail. But uh, grew up in the restaurant business on, on the west side of, of, of the city and, uh, and grew up in music. And, and coming up with both, uh, both hospitality and music were something that it was really foundational for me. So working with other other mayors uh, throughout the years and doing some fundraising and, and, and just growing up in the city, uh, when Mayor Duggan was thinking about running, I was one of the first ones in the campaign. Joined the campaign, we brought a customer service curriculum to our our campaign, and then later that uh, came to the city when, when we uh, he won his mayoral election, and we came in, and I was appointed the founding director of customer service, and we bought a curriculum called Going Above and Beyond to the City, um, no different than maybe isms with, uh, with the family of companies with Bedrock and, and that, uh, but again, it's our, it's our culture of going above and beyond, and that's what we strive to do as city employees for our internal and external customer. But also being in music, I was moving through many departments and looked at, uh, we have, you know, 10 years ago, moving, uh, making it in Detroit was moving to LA and all these displaced artists and creatives were in these city departments. And they said, well, how can we make sure that our artists live, work and play here? So we started working on that with festivals and Films. We don't have a film incentive, but we started creating enticements for films to come here um, and create community impact. And then that turned into a nightlife as well. Uh, in terms of around Europe, they were appointing night mayors. So that was the position that the uh, the mayor, uh, after we were working on these things, came and said, "But we, you know, there's only one mayor in Detroit, so we took the name 24-Hour Economy Ambassador." And it's not just about the party. It's about if you go to Henry Ford Hospital. And a doctor, a nurse, a janitor gets out at 5, 6 in the morning. Is there a restaurant, a dry cleaner, a grocery store to go to? It's about job creation in the city and, and really taking advantage of 24 hours in a day. Well, it sounds like you take advantage of 25 hours in a day with all of that. But <laughs> I, I'm happy to hear that you are very much involved with Detroit's film, music, and nighttime initiatives. We were kind of worried that film was a thing of the past when the incentives went away. Well, you would be surprised. There's a lot of uh, films that are here now. 50 Cent has a series here. You have Detroiters that was here. You've, you've had a lot of different productions that just want to be in Detroit. So we've been working with them to create enticements, but also gauge how, how much community impact they're making. How many Detroiters are you hiring? How many you know, craft services are, are proper Detroit businesses. So we've been working with them, but there is an initiative going on right now that there's a bill that's been introduced for a responsible film credit. So that's in Lansing right now, looking at how does Michigan get our film incentive back in a responsible way. And it has a lot of great support from both sides of the aisle. So that's something that uh, is really exciting. We need as many stakeholders and supporters as possible to, to really push this through because this is an absolute creative economy. We have so much talent here. We have so much, uh, you know, throughout Michigan, you can, you can create any sort of scenario with our landscape. We saw that when we had the, you know, the, the latest film initiative here. But, uh, yes, it, it should hopefully within a year we should have a, a film credit back, a responsible film credit. 
Hmm. And then we've got the Detroit Music Foundation formed to raise the awareness of Detroit as a world-class music capital, support music education, and build a Detroit Music Museum. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Right. So that's a group that we've been working with uh, that has uh, some stakeholders that have been in the city for many years that have worked with some of the greats that really want to give back. And they want to they want to encompass not only the past of Detroit music, but also what is the future. So creating accelerator programs, working with different other museums like Motown and the Museum of Techno over on East Grand Boulevard and just really bringing people together to to heighten the awareness that Detroit music is here in the city. There's opportunities in the city for artists to live, work, and play, but also celebrating the history at the same time. So this is something that's still in, in the works. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a, a museum, you can ask the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame what it takes to run a museum. I'm not a big fan of, <laughs> of, of the, you know, of, of running a museum in a sense because there is, it really takes uh, a lot of, um, a lot of uh, funding and a lot of patience, uh, but those that do it, hats off. And the group that's trying to do it here, uh, they are definitely, uh, you know, they are in the business and they are very capable of doing it. Hmm. Well, it, it'll be interesting to watch and to follow. And you can go to the Detroit Music the Detroit Music to follow along, see the information as it uh, comes to life. What kind of advice might you offer for our entrepreneur listeners? You know, Detroit is a very special place. Those that have been here that, that didn't have the opportunity to leave, and, and uh, they know this is a roll-up-your-sleeves type of town. It's still that. I think that's why Detroiters go out and they do such great things all over the world is because things do not come easy here. Uh, we have to work a little bit harder for it, but I think that's what hones your art, what, what really um, fine-tunes your craft. So, one, I would say stay relentless, stay humble, we are part of a, of, a, of a special time in history right now. Never look back and say shoulda, woulda, coulda. Give it your all. Uh, go above and beyond and just, uh, you know, be proud of your city, but be humble at the same time. Is there anything that, that you have seen or felt uh, that the way your business has been impacted by the pandemic might be easing up now? It, it, you know, it, it is. I, what, what, what has happened with us with the pandemic, we, uh, especially in the 24-hour economy, is that uh, a lot of people left last year, 20, 2020. They were able to. They were able to go to the suburbs. Or, you know, Detroiters were here, and Detroiters are, are the ones that really, the, the, the 750,000 Detroiters that stayed and their kids are the ones that supported the city and were out. Uh, with that, you had, you know, certain, they're just a, a different um, – way of it was just a little bit more um how how can i say there was uh, some irresponsibility but what we've done is we've brought people together um detroiters we've brought venues together we've brought dpd together we've created this this unity across the board with the foundation of our city which is detroit the 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 people that live in the city um to work together and i i've never seen such a unity growing up here i've never seen Every neighborhood come together, every constituent. You know, we work with groups like Ceasefire, Detroit 300, even some of the, you know, uh, just working with DPD. It's been really incredible to watch people come together. Not everybody, but I'd say 99% of people have come together. So that's something that I'm very inspired by. 
uh, is that who are you after the crisis, even though we're still in the crisis? And I feel that Detroit has, has come together, and I feel that those that are now moving back to the city or moving from other cities um, can build off the foundation here. And I, said we, I, I think we've set a, a solid foundation, and really great like-minded people are following. So I think that's what we've learned from the pandemic, uh, and I think we've been a beacon. I think we're a beacon with, with the, the protests. I think we're a beacon with police reform. I think we're a beacon with, uh, hopefully, um, equity, inclusiveness, uh, equity, and responsibleness, and, uh, and just being a great city that can, can set an example for the rest of the country, the rest of the world. Well, uh, from your lips to God's ears, got a lot going on here. Adrian Tanone, Director of Customer Service, City of Detroit, 24-hour economy ambassador. Uh, we've got the uh, the Detroit Music Foundation. The only thing we haven't talked about yet is, and let's take a couple minutes to do so, Sikkim Records. Right. That's, uh, that's uh, you know, that's a, a, a personal thing. I have uh, one of my best friends who's been in music for a long time, Royce to 5'9". Um, he and myself, his brother, um, have a label. It's, uh, it's just a label that how, how do we really test the market in terms of creating our own artists that are able to, to thrive. If, if you're not in the business, how can you really advocate on the business uh, from a government standpoint to be able to, uh, to know what the needs of artists are? So being in, in the music business, I'm not as involved as I was before. Uh, but in terms of the guys starting the business prior to government, um, they've taken it, and they've just taken it to another level. I mean, Royce is known all over the, the world, Kid Vicious, uh, a lot of other artists, but I'm more of a, an advocate for them now uh, just to uh, just keep, my, keep my, uh, my knowledge very current in order to advocate on a government level of the needs of artists. I think in, in order to be relevant in that, you have to know the business, and we know the business. We've grown up in it, and it's something that, that assists us in, in, in helping artists Again, live, work, play in the city of Detroit and not have to go to L.A., be able to go on tour. But how do you create an artist that is sustainable here, builds wealth, buys a house, and, and is really just that's their entrepreneurship? Uh, and that's what we've been trying to do through the label, through all sorts of different initiatives that, that, we, uh, that we take part in. Well, good for you. Is the DetroitMusicFoundation.com best way to reach you? Um, no, I, do you want me to give my cell? <laughs> I mean, well, I no, I wouldn't give your cell, but no... uh, if there's another website or, or place to reach you through the city, whichever way you want to go. Sure, my city email is, is, is public. I can give my city email. It's Tonon, T-O-N-O-N-A, at DetroitMI.gov. Very good. Adrian, best of luck. Great learning about you and about all the city is involved with as well. Who knew we had a director of customer service and 24-hour economy ambassador? Thanks for being with us. We really appreciate it. I appreciate appreciate you creating the awareness. Have a, have a wonderful uh, rest of your week. Take care. And, Thank you. And the same to you, Adrian Tanone, uh, director of customer service, City of Detroit, 24-hour economy ambassador, Sikkim Records, Detroit Music Foundation. I'm surprised he had enough time to talk to us, but I'm glad he did. In fact, I'm glad all of our guests did, along with Adrian, Camille Walker-Banks, Executive Director of NPower, uh, Peter Fordhan, Founder and Chief Technology Officer of Just Light. Think about that. Keeping clean with Just Light. That's it for now. Join me in the mornings, Monday through Friday from 6 till 9, here on WJR. Go on out, make it a great rest of the day and night. Regards, Paul W. Smith. Paul W. Smith.